Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Investment News Podcast. This is labeled as a sponsored podcast. My name is Bruce Kelly. I am a senior columnist and reporter here at Investment News and InvestmentNews.com. And this week we have a gentleman from BNY Mellon purging, Aaron Steinberg. And uh, I don't think Aaron and I have ever met before. I know a lot of people over at uh, Pershing and BNY Mellon. But Aaron's full title, and Aaron, please cut me off if you like, the head of business development and capital introductions within BNY yeah, Mellon, I- Pershing's prime services division. Is that correct? That is correct. You got it. <laughs> How does that fit on a business card? Uh, thankfully, business cards are mostly we digital don't do, now, yeah, we so don't do I don't have to cards anymore, right? I don't have to worry too much <laughs> about that. So, uh, you and your team originate new business opportunities with alternative asset managers. So, we're going to be speaking about that a little bit today, as well as develop and maintain relationships with institutional investors to help identify meaningful connections with clients in the prime brokerage business. So, is is that all correct? Yeah, Bruce. That's a that's a good summary and uh, and synopsis. Tell us a little bit about yourself and background and what you do exactly at yeah. NY Mellon. Yeah, that's great, Bruce. So happy to do that. As you mentioned, my world is both within new business development, uh, within what we call prime brokerage, uh, as well as uh, capital introductions uh, within that group. So uh, the core elements of our business is our client base that we service is alternative managers. So hedge funds, uh, private credit shops, other folks who are looking for uh, custody and clearing services, as well as financing and securities lending services. And so from a new business development perspective, those are the folks who we're engaged with, and those are the folks we support uh, on the platform. You also mentioned the other piece of what we do, which is capital introductions. And I think that's going to be uh, very relevant to our conversation today. From a capital introductions perspective, what my team does is uh, we we generate uh, new relationships and maintain existing relationships with uh, what I'll refer to as institutional investors uh, who invest in alternative strategies. So when I say institutional investors, that could be anyone from the largest U.S. public pensions who invest in alternatives down through or, or across through wealth managers who allocate a portion of their clients' portfolios to alternative managers. And so we maintain uh, relationships with those investors for the purpose of helping them get introduced to uh, these alternative managers uh, when they're looking to fill a requirement in their portfolio or they're doing a search for a specific strategy or type of fund. You know, we try to help facilitate that for the betterment of, of both parties. So that's kind of what my group does in a in in a little bit of a short a short synopsis. Okay, thanks, Aaron. So, can you just talk a little a uh, bit uh, to us about how your team facilitates the dialogue between investors in the alternatives that you're talking about and the alternative managers? Yeah, absolutely. So, we do this in a number of different ways. Uh, one of the things that we do is obviously leveraging uh, our own network. BNY Mellon is a huge organization and enterprise that deals with a lot of large institutions that make allocations to alternatives. And so we leverage those relationships as much as possible. We have a seasoned team here that's been 
uh, very well connected in the alternative allocator space for quite some time uh, with backgrounds at some of those large public pensions or other funds. And then, of course, part of what we do is, um, you know, we, we reach out to these allocators. We get a better understanding of how they make investments, how they bucket investments, what their current book looks like, what types of investments they may be looking to change, grow, get make smaller over the coming years, what allocations they're making to certain strategies and how that might change, how they're rotating in and out of managers within the same strategies or adding different strategies. And all that's part of us getting a better understanding of what that investor community is looking like uh, for the purposes of helping make connections to managers that that fit what they are uh, might be looking for. So it's mutually beneficial for both the investors and for the managers. One of the other things that we do to help drive this is conduct surveys of this community. And uh, we've continued we continue to do that in 2023, including in Q4 of 2023, and we'll continue to do that again in 2024 as we look to get a better understanding of uh, where allocations and and uh, investments are being made in the alternative space. Right. I saw that in some of the information that you all that you all sent over. So regarding the surveying in the investor community, what exactly are you hearing back from them as it relates to investing in alternatives this year in 2024? Yeah, Bruce, thanks thanks for asking. I think look, in order to understand what we're hearing from our investors and what the investors sentiment is if you take a look at the alternative space as a whole, for alternative asset managers, they have traditionally marketed and sold their product to more, what I would call more traditional institutional level investors. So again, if you think of large public pensions or corporate pensions, if you think of what traditionally been known as fund of funds or sovereign wealth funds, that's typically the area that most uh, alternatives had had marketed to. That investor base has been saturated a little bit, at least as it relates to certain asset classes and strategies. And it's also um, created some level of concentration of investors in alternatives. But a trend that we've seen over the last few years is that alternative managers want to diversify that investor base and a relatively underserved portion of the market has been in the wealth management space. So RIAs and other wealth advisors uh, who are looking to gain access to some of these alternative strategies. And so at a really high level, before we understand and get a sense of what particular investments and strategies are of interest to the investor community in 2024, I think it makes sense to understand that as we as we look to understand what the alternative allocator community is doing, that alternative allocator community is changing and becoming not just institutional as it relates to the institutions I mentioned before, but a different type of institution, if you think about some of the registered investment advisors in the marketplace, the wealth managers who are looking at adding alternative strategies to to their clients' portfolios. And so 
when we when we do these surveys, one of the main things that sticks out is four of the top five asset class sleeves being considered for capital increases, including in that broader investment community, are alternative strategies. So things like hedge funds, private credit, private equity, alternative income. And so I think as we see the face of the alternative investor base changing, we'll continue to see some rotations in and out of some of these strategies going forward. Uh, you indicated uh, which which four strategies again? You had said uh, hedge funds, private credit, private equity, and alternative income. Private equity and alternative income. Anything to add on on any of those? I think as we look towards the different investor bases that that I mentioned, it's not just the investment portion of these strategies that is of interest to investors. As we think about the wealth investors specifically, one of the main focuses there as that community looks to increase allocations to alternatives is the functional aspects of investing in these funds. And so that includes the um, how to identify good managers, how to vet those managers, how to make investments in those managers, what the subscription and redemption process looks like, what the tax implications of of those strategies are. And so in some of those categories that we mentioned, hedge funds, private equity, private credit, and alternative income, some of those strategies have done it or, or some of those structures and strategies have done a better job of creating structures and infrastructure that is better understood by a broader investor base. So when you look at private credit and some of the structures that have been put in place for that, uh, the ability to put together a structure that gives the end client a uh, 1099 versus a K-1 versus uh, for for um, tax purposes, makes the subscription process a little bit easier. I think we've seen more adoption in places like private credit than we have in the hedge fund space as it relates to specifically to wealth investors. And I think in 2024, we might see that change a little bit as the hedge fund community looks to create a little bit less friction for both the alternative manager and for the investor as as they're looking to uh, market to this broader investor base. Right. The, the next, I, we may have gotten ahead of ourselves. The next question on our list here, just talking about the key drivers for investors allocating to both private credit and hedge funds. I think you kind of went over that a little bit already, right? Regarding tax well, vehicles, ease of investment. Yeah, that's so. I touched on the more tactical elements of it, right? right? And so I think if you're if you're thinking about where the interest in private credit or hedge funds is stemming from, and what's driving the interest there. What I mentioned before is really the tactical elements of how people get invested, but what's driving the interest in those strategies specifically is a couple of different things. It's um, looking for outsized returns, so alpha generation in this higher interest rate environment. I think people can get paid a fair amount more on their cash than they had previously. So the hurdle for asset managers to provide their value got has gotten a little bit higher. And so in the private credit and the hedge fund space, investors are looking for outsized returns or alpha generation there. 
Um, they're looking for uncorrelated investments in the marketplace. So I think all investors are getting uh, smarter as it relates to not paying a lot of money for beta or not paying a lot of money for broad-based industry exposure. So you can get that exposure via ETFs or, um, you know, maybe in, the, in sort of some of the traditional 60-40 portfolio splits. And so having an uncorrelated asset class that's not going to move up and down exactly how the market is, is the second reason. So you have outsized returns, uncorrelated returns, and of course, investors are looking for downside protection. So to the extent markets go down, uh, whether it's the markets as a whole or specific industries or specific asset classes, the hedge fund space and the hedge fund strategies, as well as private credit space and the private credit strategies, looking to also provide some downside protection in uh, in certain markets. And so outsized returns, uncorrelated returns, and downside protection are some of the reasons driving interest in these strategies in going forward in 2024. And uh, this is, this is our, our last uh, question uh, coming up here. What are just some of the key in investment themes that you all look forward to seeing or anticipate seeing throughout 2024? So part of the key investment themes that we believe we're going to see, and in some cases continue to see in 2024, are some of the more macro drivers that have been shaping the markets over the last few years. You have continued inflation. You have what was a rising interest rate environment in uh, the last few years and differing thoughts on what that interest rate environment is going to look like in 2024. Uh, there's a number of geopolitical decisions that will be made in 2024, not the least of which is the uh, US presidential election that will drive economic policy and will drive investment opportunities. And of course, there's regulatory changes that will be happening as well as it relates to market clearing and other things that impact and affect trading and portfolio management. And so I think there's going to be a lot of macro factors or a number of macro factors that are going to affect where there will be potential opportunities in the market for investments. I think alternative managers are typically best positioned as an active management strategy as active management strategies, alternative managers are typically well positioned to take advantages of some of these events, which can create dislocations in the marketplace. And so I believe that we'll we'll continue to see those factors affecting portfolio management and allocations in 2024. And so with alternative managers being best positioned or well positioned to take advantage of those dislocations, and there being a con increased interest from not only institutional investors, but from wealth investors and RIAs and more retail-oriented individuals to invest in these alternative strategies, I think we'll continue to see growth and movement in this space. And there'll probably be a number of things that happen over the course of the year driven by those factors that we're not even expecting as of yet. Okay, great, Aaron. Anything else to add? The only thing that I will continue to add is that, you know, this is a, you know, the increased interest in alternatives is something that we've seen over the past couple of years. There's the investment process part of it, and there's the 
infrastructure part of it. And I think the BNY Mellon organization as a whole is very focused on reducing some of that friction that exists between the investors and the asset managers so that we can make these products more accessible to a broader investor base. And I think there's other partners that we work with in the market uh, that work on that with us as well. And I think we'll continue to see that in 2024 to try to make these uh, assets as available as and strategies as available as possible to all the appropriate investors. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate you having me. Thanks again, Aaron. Launching on Mondays. This is another episode of the Investment News Podcast. We want to thank our special guest, of course, Aaron Steinberg from BNY Mellon, Pershing's Prime Services Division. You can find the podcast, of course, at investmentnews.com, Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Leave us a review on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. My Twitter handle is at BD News Guys. Stay tuned. We'll be talking to you in a couple of weeks.